Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. Recently, Jessie Calvert had learned that her husband was suffering from a serious heart condition. Dr. Lewis had emphasized the importance of the medicine he'd prescribed, a heart stimulant which might save Ben's life in case he had an attack. But Jesse's sweetheart had plans which depended on Ben's being out of the way. Now that Calvert had named his wife his sole heir, the unscrupulous Mr. Cameron was impatient. The plan he suggested in order to cut short their waiting had shocked Jesse. But she was too deeply in love with Brett, and he threatened to leave her unless she agreed. This morning at 11th Street, Jesse quickly opened the door of the medicine chest. Downstairs, she could hear the hum of the vacuum cleaner where Lucy was busy in the living room. Her heart thumping nervously, Jessie reached in, took a bottle from a shelf, and replaced it with one which seemed to be identical. Actually, the new one contained nothing but plain water instead of the colorless medicine which should be there. Jessie, feeling a little sick, returned to her room, prepared to go downtown. Now, a short while later, the handsome Mrs. Calvert arrives at her husband's office. Good morning, Ben. Hope I'm not interrupting you. Not a bit, my dear. I haven't anything special in mind, but I felt like saying hello before I embarked on my shopping tour. I'm glad you stopped in, Jessie. You look rather pale, my dear. Hope you're not feeling ill. Mm-hmm. No, I'm all right, Ben. But I didn't sleep very well last night, so I'm rather tired. Oh, that's too bad. Perhaps uh, you should ask Dr. Lewis for a sedative. Now that he's foisted this tonic stuff on me, I don't want to be the only one in the family who pampers himself. Oh, I don't need anything like that, Ben. I'll be all right. Please, let's talk about medicines and illness depresses me. Very well, my dear. I see, though, that our roles are being reversed. Usually you're the one who nags me to take care of myself. Oh, well, that's different. Yes, I suppose it is. Jesse, it's good to know that you're concerned for my welfare. You've been very thoughtful, and I do appreciate it. Even though I do seem irritable about it at times. Thank you, Ben. I... Well, I've tried to do my best. It makes a man feel happy to know his wife's looking after him. If she really cares what happens to him. Yes, Ben. I'd uh, like to believe it's because you hate to think about losing your old bear of a husband. You're not a bear, <laughs> darling. Lately, you've been as pleasant and charming as any man could be. At least most of the time. Well, from now on, I'll do my best to make it all the time. <laughs> well, better not make any rash promises. Probably right, Jesse. Heaven knows I wasn't blessed with the most amiable disposition in the world. I admit I have a temper. Sometimes it is the devil to control it. Well, Ben, I don't blame you. Lately, you've had reason for feeling provoked. Yes, this business of Randy Lane, for instance. Honestly, Jesse, I get so burned up. Every time I look out that window, that sign of his staring me in the face, the Lane Realty Company, the nerve of him, thinking he can cut in on me and setting himself up right under my nose. It does seem like adding insult to injury, taking an office right across the street from you. Although I imagine it was purely coincidental. At least it may be. He simply couldn't find space anywhere else. Oh, no. Don't kid yourself. Everything that family does is done deliberately. Young Lane has purposely set out to get the better of me, Jesse. And he probably thinks he's succeeding very well. Look at the way he cut in on the Bergman deal. After I'd been out there to talk the thing over with Henry. Had it practically set. Yes, I can't blame you for being upset, darling. It's not a question of losing a few dollars in commission. It's the principle of the thing. Not entirely, my dear. That Bergman place is no small potato, Jesse. It's a valuable piece of property. I had it worked out to make a nice profit on the sale. 
Didn't Henry Bergman say he decided to turn it over to Randy because of Randy's being a veteran? That's right. At least that had a great deal to do with it. Bergman came right out and told me that that was his chief reason for giving the business to Randy instead of me. Hmm. I remember you told me something about it the other day. You know, Ben, I've been thinking about the Bergmans. Didn't they have two sons who were killed in the war? Yes, Emil and Klaus. Yes. Can't blame them for being knocked out by it. No. I understand they were very fine youngsters. I believe so. They were a few years younger than Kit. I just think, losing both of them that way. And then the way it happened, too. The way what happened, Jesse? Oh, I was thinking of the talk around town at the time. You must have heard it. There was something strange about the way the boys were killed. Don't you remember the story? Mm, no, I can't say that I do. Oh, yes. I believe you were in Chicago the week there was so much talk around town. And then later, somebody of the boys turned up from overseas. He'd been in the same outfit with him. That's how the Bergmans found out. This other youngster was awfully bitter about it, and naturally the Bergmans were too when he told them. I don't remember anything about it. Well, I don't know all the details exactly myself, but the main point was that they needn't have died at all. I believe some officer made a blunder, either due to negligence or cowardice, I forget which. You can imagine how that would affect the Bergmans, thinking how unnecessary it was. Well, things like that are bound to happen under the stress of combat conditions, right here. People aren't infallible in the Army any more than they are anywhere else. Oh, I understand that, Ben, but suppose it isn't a question of making a mistake. Suppose you had a son, and you found out he'd lost his life because of another man's cowardice. Seems to me there'd be a justification for resentment then. That's true, Jesse. From a personal standpoint, I can tell you there's nothing in the world which arouses contempt in me so much as a lack of courage especially on the part of a man who has the responsibility for other men's lives. Exactly what I mean. I'd certainly like to know which it was in the case of the Bergman boys. An innocent blunder or a question of somebody saving his own skin at the expense of the other fellow. Yes. I believe I'll try and check into it. Well, why bother? Ben, a long time ago, you told me something about Randolph Lane Sr. during the First World War. You were overseas together. Wasn't there a story you knew about him? Something rather similar to this incident with the Bergman boys? Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, there was. I never would have connected it, though. Well, I seem to remember that you said Randy's father had let the men in his squadron down somehow, was guilty of losing several of them through his own cowardice. I remember you started circulating the story, but you didn't have much success, did you? Yes, the people refused to believe me. They wanted to believe you'd been a hero. I know, Ben. But think how the Bergmans might feel if they heard a story like that, feeling as bitter as they do about losing their boys. If they knew about Randy's father, that he was guilty of doing the same kind of thing, don't you see the possibility, Ben? Well, I... I hadn't thought of it from that standpoint. The Bergmans are elderly people, simple people. If they were to hear this story about Randolph Lane, they'd probably identify him with their own tragedy. It's possible. Yeah. As you know, that's very possible. And that means they'd identify Randy with it, too. In which case, they certainly wouldn't want to do business with him. 
From their standpoint, it would be almost as bad as if Randy himself were guilty. At least it would from the way I worked it out in my own mind. You see, I've spent quite a long time thinking the whole thing through. Yes, I can see you have. I'm rather surprised you're interested. Well, I knew the situation was bothering you. I wanted to help if I could. And you have helped, my dear. A great deal. In the first place, just knowing that you want to share my problems is a help. Part of my job as your wife, then. You're a wonderful wife, Jesse. And you know... I'm beginning to think uh, you've fallen in love with me all over again, as I have with you. You don't know how happy that makes me. Ben kissed Jesse tenderly, and Jesse felt a pang of guilt, was afraid that her guilt might be revealed in her face. But she couldn't turn back now. When her husband left to keep an early luncheon appointment, Jesse made an excuse to remain in the office. Hastily, she pulled out the drawers of his desk until she found what she wanted. Another small medicine bottle filled with colorless fluid. Jesse put it quickly in her bag, replacing that one with a bottle which appeared to be identical. What will happen, then, next time you suffer from a heart attack? 